Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's podcast. We're back late Tuesday, late Wednesday night. I can't even get my freaking days correct. We're here. Pause the music. Pause. Pause the music! I accidentally already recorded this podcast and my computer died on me. And, uh, I, I'm re-recording it. I will say this. I talked for about 26 minutes about the new format of the Pro Bowl. I went through every single detail. I will give a very, very shortened version of that conversation. Five minutes, potentially. And then, we're out. And then we will talk about this weekend and the implement uh, the implications of the games this weekend, or excuse me, the implications of the games last weekend. We'll talk about the games this weekend tomorrow. I'm off Friday because I have a funeral to attend, and then I'll come back Monday. I'll come back Monday. We'll have one more podcast this week, Thursday. Then I'll come back Monday. I'll give all my game day predictions. I'll talk about all the playoff games. All that good stuff will be tomorrow, and then I will come back Monday for. Uh, uh, the rest of the stuff. Unpause my music. Got a great one here today. Recapping the weekend. Talking about some of the wins and the context of some of the games. How certain players played. We'll get into all that. Cannot wait to finish off the weekend's games, ladies and gentlemen, of Super Card. Super, pause it again. Super Wild Card Weekend. That's what the NFL branded it at. Super Wild Card Weekend, ladies and gentlemen, right here. 24th podcast. Great, great, great stuff. Where, where are my headphones? Charge my headphones. Give me like two seconds. <clears throat> two seconds. Absolutely in love with my one mores. My little earbuds, I can listen to music wherever I want to. Noise canceling, all that good stuff. Oh, man, I've been getting back into music. I've been doing what every weirdo does, and that's downloading music onto my iPad so that way... Because I, I can't get internet access everywhere, and my phone is a Samsung phone. It's not an Apple phone, so I can't put my Apple music onto my Apple, my non-Apple phone. It's a pain in the ass. Samsung used to have a fucking music app for music. Then Samsung was like, uh, we're going to introduce music, YouTube music, onto our freaking applications. And, and they promised, they promised, they lied, they lied. They said that we were going to have our music app back. That wasn't going to be discontinued. They're liars who lie, who lie. And, lo- and they lied. They lied about it. They discontinued their music app. So now I'm fucked because Samsung can't keep their obligations in check. It's why nobody likes Samsung. It's why nobody likes Androids. Because they suck. They're terrible phones. 
Buy an Apple. Buy an iPhone. Jesus Christ. They're like, literally, when they introduced to YouTube music, they were like, you can, it, it won't interfere with our other music listening application app. And then they were like, oops. We're even going to stop your phone. I have that. I, let me get my, where's my phone? I have my phone here. I literally cannot open the musical app on my phone. It is so obnoxious because I want to, like, I don't want to use the YouTube app. I just want to be able to use the, the freaking, the Google app. It's fine. All of my music is still on my phone, like a scrub. But the app is like, mm, you can't use the app, use YouTube music. I'm like, I don't want to use it. It's complicated. I have to go through three screens to get to my music. Do you realize how obnoxious YouTube music is? It, only, it, it does not showcase my, the music that is already on my phone in the title screen. I'm like, just play the music that is on my phone. Play my music. Play my music that is on my phone. I gotta go to my library. It has to load the library. It takes forever to load the library. And then I gotta go, okay, now I gotta go to downloads. I gotta go to, I gotta freaking get out of the freaking tab. I gotta go to downloads. And then it's like, oh, none of my phone, none of my freaking songs are in my downloads. It means the music that I have already downloaded to the freaking, God, I'm already starting to lose my voice. It, it means the, the freaking videos that I have or, or the music that I have downloaded on my device. So I got to go to my device files. And so I have to now allow YouTube music to allow to freaking access my device's files to get the freaking music on my phone. It's a stupid process. It's a stupid process. It's terrible. It's stupid. YouTube music. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then on top of that, it's like, I, I don't watch YouTube, I don't listen to YouTube music, I listen to also YouTube videos because of podcasts, and they don't, can I like, can I like go on my, can I go on YouTube music and, and listen to the music? And the whole feature of, and I hate, I hate that they make this a fucking paid feature on their app. Because it used to not be a paid feature. Oh my god, and, and the th stupid thing about YouTube music, the best thing about YouTube, it's not just that they have music on their application, it's that they have videos. And they have podcast videos and things of that nature. And so instead of just getting the audio files from their videos, because I do listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that on my phone, instead of just getting the fucking videos, like they're, YouTube music is a shitty music app. It's why everybody uses Spotify or Apple Music. Jesus Christ. What a fucking joke. Anyways, enough complaining about that. I'm it, it, like, whenever I study, whenever I want to listen to any, any musical selection, I go on my iPad and I have now uh, taken among myself to get some new music in a non-suspicious way whatsoever. And um, like, for example, DJ Hero. Oh, and by the way, I, I was playing some Chopin, Chim Chopin, Chim Chopin, Chim Chopin, whatever. Played some Chopin. How beautiful is that? Played a little bit of Chopin on the last podcast, and then it was just like, why not? I so I turned. I'm like, why not go a little bit all out? Why not treat myself? So I essentially made all of my mixtapes that I actually do have on YouTube. I have all these mixtapes on YouTube that I don't listen to on YouTube Music because why not? I have like this song, the exact same song that we just listened to. Can we bump it? 
For some rude reason, Apple Music wants to be very, very quiet tonight. So this is as loud as I can get it. Earth, Wind, and Fires, let's groove tonight. Come on now. Come on. I got the whole, I got the whole, I got the whole fucking crib bumping. Bumping. I got some Aretha Franklin. You want some Aretha Franklin? I got multiple mixtapes. I'm not going to get into it. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. But I was super juiced up because one thing that I do not have on my iPad, and I, because I'm a nerd, I sometimes go to the library and I study. I, I was like, I want to listen to Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish, and I want to, I just... Just want to listen to a little bit of copycat a little bit. Call me Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm in bold. Call me cocky. Watch your tone. You better love me. Cause you're just a clown. Oh my goodness. Billy Island. Goodness gracious, this song came out like five or six years ago, and it still fucking slaps. I love Billie Eilish! Sorry. <clears throat> so, a lot of artists that I just don't straight up have, and uh, on my iPad, as well as some mixtapes, I was like, yeah, let's, let's get them on. Let's get them on. Let's put them on. Sorry. That literally has nothing to do with what we are going to talk about today, and what we're going to talk about today. We'll start off with the podcast, or not with the podcast, but with the Pro Bowl. What we're going to talk about here today is kind of giving you an assessment of the weekend's playoff games, the implications of those games, and how certain teams played, and blah, 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 blah. So, first thing that we got to get into before we actually talk about the Pro Bowl is the, not the Pro Bowl, excuse me, the playoff games, is the actual Pro Bowl. The god-awful Pro Bowl that the NFL has now remarketed as this horrendous two-day event over Thursday and Sunday. I think they already did something similar to that, but it didn't seem a lot... It didn't seem as ridiculous. The ridiculousness comes in the form of... Excuse me. Multiple events over a two-day stretch that contribute to a points-based system that is semi-unclear. Pretty much... There's going to be events, like for example, I shit you not, a water balloon toss, that's a thing, a relay race, and kickers and punters playing tic-tac-toe, except I think they kick and punt footballs instead. Nobody was happy about it, I wasn't happy about it, and then they're going to have three flag football games, and then they're going to have three or four of those events on Sunday, the day of the Pro Bowl, and I'm like... What? That doesn't that doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't get it. So you're already taking and by the way, they don't get it. They they tried to do this with John Madden this year. They made the whole Thanksgiving Day football games about John Madden. And no disrespect to John Madden, you know, God rest his soul, he's passed, he's deceased and things of that nature. I haven't thought about John Madden in years before he died. It doesn't mean that he wasn't important to football. It's just like you know, he was a broadcaster and he was a coach. He was a coach in like the 60s or the 70s, man. I was born in the 90s. When he retired from coaching and went into broadcasting, I wasn't even born yet. And then when he retired, I was like a teenager or whatever. Like, I don't know, man. Or a little bit outside of being a teenager. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, 
John Madden hadn't really casted a game in almost 20 years. Like, he casted a game in, I think, 2008 or 2007. That's when he retired. I get it. He is an important figure in football. But if you thought that he was important, why wouldn't you celebrate him before he died? You know? And the reason why I mentioned the John Madden thing again on, you know, tonight is because the NBA, because they're copying the NBA and it's obvious. The the NBA has a bunch of really, really awesome events. The three-point shooting event, which I do, I'm not going to lie to you, I do watch. And even the MLB home run hitting derby. The thing, the major, you know, similarity between those two events, the home run hitting derby, derby and the three-point event, and even the slam dunk contest, is that they're all in the same vein of their sport. The NFL was like, "Dur, we're just going to have relay wishes and water balloon tosses. I kid you not. Let me pull up the tweet. Let me pull up the tweet. The actual quote is for, um, for what I'm talking about. Let me pull it up. Here we go. Is lightning round. That's what the water balloon toss is, or one of the lightning rounds. Because the, there's three lightning rounds, and one of them is splash catch. Here's the description of it. Teammate pairings from each conference with will toss water balloons back and forth, forth from increasing distance. A water balloon toss. And then the relay race is called, I think, the gridiron gauntlet. That's what it's called. Yeah. A side-by-side relay race showcasing, showcasing strength, speed, and agility. Right? Shit that you did when you didn't have any balls at recess. You know? You just made up games. Because let's just be honest. Your school didn't have you know, uh, basketball hoops with nets, or if you were like me, my school didn't have basketball hoops to begin with. Point being, NFL, what the fuck are you doing? You could have had, I don't know, some weightlifting competitions like you had back in the day, because who doesn't like football players lifting weights? We literally have an event that's more popular than the Pro Bowl called the Combine, where players showcase off their actual athletic events. They couldn't put two and two together and be like, Gee whiz, we, we sure do have a popular event in February. Not the Pro Bowl, but the other thing where football players showcase off how big, how strong, how fast they are, what they can do relative to their position. What's that thing called? Oh, I don't know. We'll just invent a bunch of crap up for the Pro Bowl that's essentially just recess games that you played if you didn't have anything at recess. Let's just keep it a stack. And so that's what the Pro Bowl is. It's a mess. It's terrible. It's god-awful. And once again, I don't plan on watching it. And sometimes I was excited for it because I'm always, uh, I'm always excited to watch sports. I'm always excited to watch football, all that good stuff. But oh my God, am I horrendously going, and not horrendously, but I am purposely going to avoid the Pro Bowl like the Black Plague. They have one event on Thursday. Nobody already watches and is excited about Thursday night football. I don't know why the NFL just doesn't get rid of Thursday night football. They're just like, yeah, we're going to have half of the events on Thursday. I'm like, why? Nobody already likes watching Thursday night football. Why would you why would you do this to yourself? The thing that sucks about the Pro Bowl is that it's a week of non-football during like the middle of the playoffs. One of the worst times. Why doesn't the NFL have the Pro Bowl the week the season ends? Why don't they do that? Nobody wants to play in the Pro Bowl. You will have players opting out of the playoffs, or not of the playoffs, excuse me, out of the Pro Bowl because they're hurt, why wouldn't you have it the week 
the reg the weekend after the regular season ends, and so you can fucking end the regular season with a fucking bang, right? With the Pro Bowl, maybe not with a bang, but you know what I mean. You can end the regular season, and then you're now deep into the playoffs. No more distractions. No more pause. This weekend was awesome. Huge upsets, huge games, dominating performances, huge narratives being written, tense, tense games, huge implications. This next weekend's game is going, games are going to be ballistic. The Cowboys are bringing in the big bucks to whoever's got them. Fox's game this weekend, 49ers, Cowboys, huge game for Fox, huge game for anyone else. It's a huge, huge, huge game. What does the NFL do? We got to ruin it with the Pro Bowl. We're going to put the Pro Bowl in between the NFC and AFC Championship games and the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, we're not even going to, we're, we're going to put it actually between it. And instead of having it before those two games, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. There was a tweet that I was reading out today. That the Cowboys game went, of course, gangbusters. Quote is from John Mashoda, who tweets about this type of thing, about the ratings for these respective games. The quote is, there were over 30 million viewers for last night's Cowboys win at Tampa Bay, according to ESPN. It's the network's most watched NFL playoff game since 1999. They don't get the playoffs, really, at all, because ESPN butchered their connection with the with the with the NFL. Granted, they have essentially complete and utter control over the NBA for the most part outside of TNT. But this was and is I mean, not even on ESPN. If we transition, if we transferred, you know, the game to Fox, it would, pro it would probably be one of the biggest games on Fox. And this weekend, it probably will be. It's on Sunday. It's pretty much Sunday night football on Fox. Huge game this weekend. 49ers versus the Cowboys. Let's get the playoffs going. Let's get rid of the Pro Bowl. Let's get rid of the Pro Bowl the week after the season ends. Let's let all these guys rest up so that way everybody's on fair ground. And let's play some fucking football instead of these fucking kid games. Jesus Christ. Anyways. Wild card recap. We'll talk about it. So, first game I want to start off with, and we talked about Cowboys versus Bucks. We talked about Bills versus Dolphins and Ravens versus Bengals. And so we got Giants versus Vikings, Seattle versus 49ers, and then Chargers at Jags. We'll talk about those three games today. Giants at Vikings. Huge game. Huge implication for both teams. I think both of them are overrated. I don't think the Giants are as overrated as I thought. I think the Vikings are because the Giants have actually lived up to the expectation. Maybe not lived up. They've they've overperformed the nine and eight season that they have had. If we're just all if if I have my come to Jesus moment, I'm like Giants are are better than nine and eight. They probably should have been a ten, maybe eleven win team. I'll say it. They absolutely played fantastic against the the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Daniel Jones is such an interesting player who has gotten better and better over the last month. He's playing NFL NFL playoff football. Daniel Jones against the Vikings was 24 of 35, 301 yards, two touchdowns, 
zero picks. He also had an additional 17 carries. He had more football. He had more carries than Saquon Barkley. He had 17 carries. Saquon had nine. He ran for 78 yards, which is pretty damn good. 4.6 yards per rush. That's pretty damn good. Had an awesome game against Minnesota. Beat Minnesota and Minnesota. And Minnesota with the quote-unquote MVP, the MVP of the league, a.k.a. Justin Jefferson, had seven receptions, 47 yards, 6.7 yards per catch. In context and in contrast, CeeDee Lamb, who was getting bracketed all night, who's essentially the Cowboys' only wide receiver for the most part, CeeDee Lamb, had four receptions, three less than Justin Jefferson, but about 20 more yards, 68 receptions. He had 17 yards per catch, and he also had a touchdown. Dallas could figure out how to get the ball to CeeDee Lamb, occasionally. Occasionally. Justin Jefferson, they couldn't figure it out in Minnesota. I wasn't super high on Kevin O'Connell being hired. I was like, maybe we'll figure it out. He was an offensive coordinator for Sean McVay. I'm like, Sean McVay is the guy. I don't trust the offensive coordinator, but we'll see. But Sean McVay's coaching tree has had a lot of success and credit to the Vikings because they had and did win their division for whatever it's worth. But first-round elimination, Kirk Cousins played okay, but Kirk Cousins, he always freaking, this is him. He doesn't play big enough when the lights are brightest. He played good. 31 of 39, 273 yards, two touchdowns. That's not good enough. A lot of the passes were to TJ Hawkinson, and I was like, are you going to get the ball to Justin? He, I mean, TJ Hawkinson had 10 freaking catches. 129 yards. He played awesome. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Especially when you needed it. Didn't matter. And something interesting also happened, if I can bring attention to it, this weekend as well. The three teams, the three NFC teams that won, 49ers, Daniel Jones, and Jack Prescott, the three teams, his quarterbacks, had all outplayed the other AFC quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. And some people are going to be like, no, they didn't. They, they, they did this, they did that. They'll, they'll have these weird qualifiers. They'll say these weird things. Oh, Dak Prescott played up against Tom Brady. Oh, Brock Purdy played up against Geno Smith, 49ers. But then when you actually stop, stop uh, employing intellectual dishonesty, and if we're just honest with ourselves, Bills should have beaten the crap out of the Dolphins, and so should have the Bengals beaten the crap out of the Ravens. Ravens had a backup quarterback. The Dolphins had a back, had their third-string quarterback. Bengals offense sputtered. Bills offense with Josh Allen threw two interceptions. Final scores for those games, respectively, 24-17 Bengals-Ravens, 34-31 Bills-Dolphins. Giants barely beat the Vikings with the quote-unquote MVP, but they beat them at home. Dallas absolutely destroyed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31-14 with Tom Brady. And the 49ers, granted it was against Geno Smith, once again hung up 41 points against Seattle. They handled their business. All three NFC teams handled their business. Even Trevor Lawrence against the Los Angeles Chargers threw four interceptions. Against any of the teams in the NFC, they would have lost. Every single AFC team this weekend would have lost. That one. 
If they played up against any of the winners of the NFC, they would have lost. And so, I say all that to say, outside of the Chiefs, and we got to see how the Chiefs are going to play, I think whoever comes out of the NFC and plays up against a non-Kansas City team will probably win the Super Bowl. I thought that last year, too. I was like, it's going to be Tampa Bay who's going to come out, potentially, Green Bay, Dallas, or the Rams. And it was the Rams. But then Dallas got eliminated in the first round, and I was like, oh, Dallas, Dallas isn't going to be one of those teams. But I was like... It, it, it's going to be Tampa Bay, Green Bay, or the Rams. And they're going to beat whoever comes out of the AFC. And I was right then. I was like, I could, I could tell you he's going to win the Super Bowl, whoever comes out of the NFC. <clears throat> Rams came out. It was the Rams. They won. Same thing is probably going to happen here. And really now it's going to be the Cowboys, maybe not the Giants, but it's going to be the Cowboys, the 49ers, and the Eagles. I think those three teams, whichever one comes out, I think we'll be able to beat any team that is not named Kansas City from the AFC. Because the AFC is just, I, I've seen Josh Allen. By the way, nobody's talking about how shitty Josh Allen played on Sunday. Everybody's trying to discredit the Cowboys loss, or excuse me, the Cowboys win. And be like, it was a Cowboys loss. It was a Cowboys. They, they played up against bang up Tom, Tom Bray's old. Nobody's talking about the three touchdown, two interception performance by Josh Allen where he almost lost to a backup quarterback in Skyler Thompson. Nobody's talking about how on the Hail Mary to tie with Tyler Huntley, Tyler Huntley almost got the football, or James Prochet, excuse me, almost caught the football. If he, if he had better awareness, but really it was a tipped pass, it was a Hail Mary that was tipped, it's hard to catch. I get it. Point being point taken. When it comes to the Bills and the Ravens, not the Ravens, the Bills and the Bengals, I'm really worried about these two teams in the context, in the broader scheme of the playoffs, and thank God that we don't have to see them play for much longer, potentially, because they both play this weekend. Both of them play up against each other, and then Kansas City will play up against Jacksonville. We'll talk about Jacksonville's performance later on. Kansas City plays up against Jacksonville. Bills and Bengals play up against each other, and these two teams, I mean, I think they're both a little bit overrated. I think they are. I think the Bengals are. I think if the Ravens had Lamar, they probably would have been the one seed. In their division. And do you want to know what? If they had had Lamar Jackson this weekend, this past weekend, they probably would have beat freaking the uh, the Bengals. I mean, that's just that's just ridiculous. And by the way, shout out to Roquan Smith, who the freaking Baltimore Ravens paid before this game, and that dude was getting worked the entirety of the game. Shout out to him. I understand where your priorities are in check. Maybe sign your freaking quarterback instead of your off-ball linebacker who barely rushes the passer, and when he does, he gets clipped by Joe Mixon. Maybe uh, maybe you don't freaking sign a linebacker. Maybe you sign your freaking quarterback. How about that? Cash me outside. But the Bills, Bengals, we won't have to see them for too much longer, potentially. The Chiefs, to me, are the only real threat in the AFC. Jacksonville is just happy to be here. We'll talk about it. You know what? Let's pause on the Giants and the Vikings. Let's just get the Jacksonville Jaguars Chargers game out of the way. Right now. I want to talk about it right now. Okay? Because, again, people are spending way too much time on Dallas. Everybody wants to waste all of their airtime on discrediting Dallas's win instead of talking about the broader scheme of the NFL. Jacksonville played like shit on Sunday. Okay? Trevor Lawrence played like shit for a half. He played great for a half. But, again, any other football team on the planet outside of the freaking Los Angeles Chargers would have beaten the crap out of Jacksonville. They were up 27 points. 2-0, I think going into the half. 
Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. Four. I saw one of them. I saw a couple of them, and I was like, oh, I'm out. I don't need to watch this. And then I come back home after getting some food, and I'm like, damn, Trevor Lawrence is about to make this comeback? I think when Trevor Lawrence had scored his 13th point, when it was 13 to 20-something, I was like, oh, I think Jacksonville's got it. Like, the freaking Los Angeles Chargers will freaking fall apart, as they always do. Joey Bosa slamming his helmet on a play that really the defense, it shouldn't have even gotten to that point. This is why Brandon Staley should have gotten fired, and this is what pisses me off so much about Brandon Staley. This is his job. He's supposed to be the guy. He's the guy. He's the defensive coordinator. He's the guy that's supposed to freaking get his guys, get his boys. He got Khalil Mack. He has Joey Bosa. He has Derwin James. He had J.C. Jackson. But he, for some weird reason, all of his players are coming out of these horrific injuries and are playing way too early. Mike Williams played too long for the, uh, in, in, the, in the regular season fi fi final, excuse me, finale. He gets hurt. He has a back fracture. He's done. He's gone. Isn't in the playoff game. J.C. Jackson, they needed him. He's been hurt for the entirety of the season. Want to know why? Because he was hurt a couple, like, uh, a couple of months ago. He was supposed to not play for, the, for like, a really huge part of the season. And then he comes out to play on like a, a random Thursday night game. And then he gets hurt again. And then he's just done for the season. Great job, Brandon. Really great job. Spent all of this money on free agents, re-signing Duran James, getting Khalil Mack, trading assets, getting J.C. Jackson from the New England Patriots. They even have Asante Samuel Jr. who had three of the interceptions. And they still lost the game. The kicker missed, by the way. Kicker missed a huge field goal for the Los Angeles Chargers. 40-yarder missed it. I mean, just an absolute clown fiesta of a football game. Throw the party. Say, uh, say, say uh, uh, whatever happy birthday is in Spanish. For some weird reason, I'm forgetting my basic Spanish. Jesus, I Christ. But oh my goodness. Just looking at this game's score annoys me. Because everybody's like, look at how awesome Trevor Lawrence is. And granted, he was and is awesome. In the second half. He was terrible in the first half. And if that was not against the Los Angeles Chargers, he would have been clipped. Clipped. During that game. He would have been destroyed. It's a good story, especially if you're somebody who rooted for Trevor Lawrence. I, I like Trevor, but, I mean, he played like shit, man. I mean, I get it. They, they, they battled back and they won the game and all that crap. I don't really care about it. They should have lost. And to be honest with you, if they weren't matched up against the Chargers, they would have. So, I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed with that game. And I'm annoyed with the narrative around that game. Anyways. Giants at, at Vikings. Daniel Jones played an awesome game against the Minnesota Vikings. And I saw that game and I saw the throws that he was making. Daniel Jones has had this weird issue with accuracy. And he even had it a couple of months ago where he just will let a football get away from him and he'll just have it just drift into the freaking stands. The third row, like a quick out, will just be thrown two rows into the stands. I'm like, how does that happen? I don't know if it's his grip. I don't know if it's his handling of the football. I don't know. He's a big guy. He's like 6'4", 6'5", 230. He should not be losing control over the football. He has gigantic hands. I don't know how he cannot control the football. It's the big leagues. You should not have these throws. But 
the preseason, he even had a couple of those throws. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, how, how have you not solved this? Easily his most accurate game ever as a professional this weekend. Or at the very least, his most importantly accurate game ever as a professional. Absolutely ran out of the gym. 17 carries, 78 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. Outran Saquon, 9 carries, 53 yards, 5.9 yards per carry, and 2 tutties. Fantastic day on the ground for the New York Giants. Oh, Jesus. 300 yards, 2 touchdowns, too, man. Daniel was really, really awesome against the Minnesota Vikings. And I caught the tail end of that game. I was just like, damn, Daniel. He was dropping a little bit. Dan- you, you, can, you can give him his nickname, Mac. Danny was dropping a little bit of dimes out there. He was. It wasn't the deep balls. And everybody's concerned. Ooh, they, they put on their glasses and they want to act like nerds about it. Ooh, I, 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 I got I to gotta see the, the deep ball. I got I to gotta have. They got deep ball all the time. And guys just want to see guys just run fast and throw the football far. And it's just like, do you realize that those are the least completed passes in the NFL? Do you realize that those aren't the most important passes? Every single team is running some different type of variation of the West Coast offense, meaning that it's short but accurate and quick passes. Every single team, the screen plays, three-yard out routes, the stick routes, all that good stuff. Every single team runs it. And so when I look at Minnesota and the Giants, and I just think to myself with the Giants, I'm just like, good job, Giants. You did what you needed to do. Daniel Jones goes out. Plays really, really awesome on the ground and through the air. And I think this team, I think the Giants are going to beat the Eagles, if I can spoil it for you a little bit. I think, I think they got it. I think the Giants are going to upset the, uh, the Eagles in Philly. I'll get into why tomorrow, though. But I think this Giants team has a shot. Now, I, I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. I'll just say that before I say anything else. Or I, or I say anything else. I'll just say I think I think they got a shot against the Eagles. That's what I'll say. On to the Vikings. Wow, what a joke Vikings are. Jesus Christ. Vikings, man. What the fuck's going on? What's going on? You know, do you get rid of Kirk Cousins? He played a good enough game. I talked about it earlier. I think 31 of 39, 273 yards, two touchdowns. Do you get rid of Kirk Cousins? He's fool's gold. He's a mirage. He is that oasis that you think you see in the, in the desert, but it's really just a haze. He's fugazi. Sure, you can go to the playoffs with him. Sure, Justin Jefferson can have however many yards he had with him this year. But at the end of the day, when the lights shine bright, the brother can't not step up. The cousins, the first cousin, second, whatever you want to call them, can't step up. And it's not just a question of, well, oh, he showcased it off once, twice, maybe three times or whatever. He is, this has been extraordinarily consistent. It's just, it's just, it's what he does. And he had a good game, but it wasn't good enough to win. 
against Daniel Jones, too. Well, I, I just realized that I didn't talk about the Chargers enough. Let me talk about the Chargers for a couple minutes, then we'll move on to Seattle 49ers, and then we'll peace out. So, Chargers versus the Jags. Man, oh, man, oh, man. <sighs> Specifically, we're going to talk about the Chargers. I have hated Joe Lombardi for a very, very long time. I've hated Brandon Staley for very, maybe not hate, that's a strong, I've disliked. I've disliked both of them in their respective positions. And I was very interested in seeing how, how the Chargers would strike back against Jacksonville after the Chargers, I forgot what it was. It was the final, it was the final um, drive of the game for the Chargers. Final drive, I think, it was before the field goal or after the two-point conversion. I, I forgot the timeline of the game. But essentially, Justin Herbert has a chance to potentially ice out the game. And this was very, very interesting. And I talked about it last night with Dallas. I said one of my favorite aspects about Dallas last year, or this year, excuse me, is that they are able to close out football games when they need to. And that's exactly what they did. And Tom Brady kind of opened that door. He opened it up a crease. He's like, I'm back, baby. I scored six points. We didn't convert on the two-point conversion, but I'm back. And the announcer was like, here comes Tom fucking Brady. Back Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, they go down the football field again, and they score on a fourth and four play, essentially icing the game, making it 31 to like six, I think. And then Tom Brady goes down the football field and scores uh, the final points of the game, making the final part of the game 31 to 14. But Dallas was able to close out the game by scoring and extending the lead and keeping Tom Brady's butt on the sideline. First play from scrimmage, the Chargers take a shot downfield after essentially not doing that for the entirety of the game. They take a shot. And I'm like, oh, they're going to lose this game. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're going to lose this game. I even thought that. I was like, maybe Justin can do something. But I'm just like, oh, they're just... Yeah, they're just they're going to lose this game because they they have no idea how to game manage. And I talked about it last year and I talked about, and I'll continue to talk about it as long as I have voice in my breath. Mike McCarthy has been overcriticized about his ability to game manage. He was overcriticized when ironically enough the Cowboys had played up against the Chargers last year and people were criticizing, "Oh, why didn't he take a timeout during the during um the end of the first half?" And I was just like or it wasn't the end of the first half. It was the game-winning drive that Dallas had against the Chargers. And I remember it very, very clearly. The kickoff happened. Dallas gets a penalty, and it starts off at their own 11-yard line. And nobody understands game-winning game situations, right? Essentially, what Dallas needs to do is they need to end the game. It's a tie game. Dallas is not up. It's a tie game, right? I forgot what the score was. It may have been 17-17 or something like that. I forgot what it was. There's something with like a 7 in it. So it may have been 17-17. Dallas is, Dallas just needs to end the game for the most part, but they also want to score. They also want to keep the drive alive. So Dallas is fine with moving the ball slowly and having the game end. They have multiple timeouts, et cetera, et cetera. The ball gets to, I think, the 50-something yard line. It's fourth down. Dallas takes a bunch of time on the clock. They burn clock. Mike McCarthy calls a timeout. Now, the problem should be with the game is that Brandon Staley should have called multiple timeouts at the end of the game to potentially give Justin Herbert a chance to win the game. That was my point last year. I was like, hold on, let me pull up. I'm not going to pull up the game because I'm going to get ad blasted. But my point a year ago was that Brandon Staley and the coaching staff for 
the Los Angeles Chargers needed to delay Dallas or needed to give Justin Herbert as much time as they possibly could. And they just stood packed and they were just like, they were looking at Dallas. They were like, are you going to call a timeout? Dallas was like, are you going to call a timeout? Dallas was like, timeout! We'll figure it out. It was weird. It was very weird. And then Dallas kicked, I think, a 57-yard field goal, maybe 56. It was a long one to win the game. And they did. That, to me, was when I was like, oh, Brandon Staley's not a real coach. He just has an awesome quarterback. Could you, by the way, best part of the Chargers is what? Thank you. It's the offense. It's not the defense. It's undoubtedly the, de- the offense, excuse me, not the defense. It's undoubtedly Justin Herbert. Could you imagine what that team would be if they didn't have Justin Herbert? They'd be a sad, sack, sorry organization and a sad, sack, sorry football team. Right up. So, I say all of that to say, when I saw Justin first play from scrimmage, when the whole freaking point of these in-game situations and scenarios is to extend drives, gain first downs, burn clock, and then you score. The Chargers take a shot on first and 10. And it's just like, Jacksonville's like, hmm, thank you. And of course, they miss it. And I'm just like, why? Like, why? If so many different... They don't even take the shot with Keenan Allen. They don't design up the... Sh- Joe Lombardi deserved to be fired, for sure. Especially with that play call. But let's not get it twisted. Let's not give Brandon Staley a quick out. You know? Let's not give him just an easy out. Let's also be aware that they 1,000% lost this game because of him. And they 1,000% should not have retained his services. I don't, like, and I was like, maybe he gets fired. Maybe he gets fired. Mike Florio tweeted, or not tweeted, but he was talking officially. He was in a suit and tie. He was talking officially about how, like, yeah, yes, he uh, if, if Brandon Staley loses, then he would get fired. And if Mike McCarthy loses against Tampa Bay, he would get fired. I'm like, shut the fuck up, Mike. Respectfully, or excuse me, unrespectfully, disrespect, with all disrespect, shut the fuck up. Stop talking about dudes that are getting fired and hired. We don't have, we don't have reliable sources or you're just speculating irresponsibly. Just shut up. Anyways, Chargers, Brandon Staley deserved to be fired. He's not fired. He is retained. Seahawks at 49ers. Seahawks had a pretty good season, all things considered. But um, Geno Smith isn't the guy. Seattle, what's their... Where are they drafting? Let me just take a quick peek. Let me take a quick peek. Hold on. Let me see what's going on with, uh, with the draft. Because Seattle, because the Denver Broncos have been so crappy uh, this season, Seattle, they do have a top-tier pick. I'm just trying to see which one it is. Seattle has the fifth overall pick there behind the Bears, the Texans, the Cardinals, the Colts, and then there's Seattle. Seattle could theoretically get a quarterback, and do you want to know what? They should either trade down or they should be a little bit more aggressive because I don't think Geno Smith can get the job done long term. They should sign him to a one-year deal. Uh, Geno Smith said that he wants to end his career in Seattle. I don't know if Seattle wants him to end his career in Seattle. If I am any of those teams, if I am Seattle, I am trying to leapfrog over both of those, over the Texans and the Colts in order to get Bryce Young. I'm doing that right now because I could potentially win the Super Bowl. 
not win the Super Bowl. I could potentially compete with San Francisco. I could move off of Russell Wilson and get Bryce Young. Geno Smith's not going to get the job done for you. Okay, he's shown that over the last couple of of weeks of the season. Seattle was leading their division at one point, if you can remember it. And then I remember the game that was going to decide the division. Essentially, it was the second time that they were going to play up against the 49ers, and I was like, "Oh, they're done. They're not going to win anything this year." I just, I don't understand it with Seattle. Seattle has got to be better. And they've got to be a little bit more aggressive. You can't draft Jalen Carter. You can't draft Will Anderson. You need a quarterback. You need somebody to compete with Brock Purdy. And do not think that you're, not Seattle, do not think that you're the 49ers and you can just draft Brock Purdy with the last pick of the draft and be a-okay. You actually need to invest some assets into the position. You have a good offensive line. You have the weapons. You have the running back. You are literally a quarterback away. You are a quarterback away from actually being a good football team. Jesus Christ, man. Just be a little bit more risky. Be a little bit more adventurous. Be a little bit more aggressive. And you could potentially take it to the 49ers. You may not be able to win because I don't believe in... Pete Carroll versus Kyle Shanahan. Remember when people wanted to fire Kyle Shanahan? Shout out to those people. But, oh my goodness. I cannot believe, I cannot believe that Seattle has the fifth overall pick and potentially they 1,000% are in play for Bryce Young if they want to. If they want to. But Seattle, I mean, it was over with pretty fast. What was it? I mean, it was Seattle. I mean, they, they kind of hung in. Maybe not over with pretty quick. They kind of hung in, right? They went into the half 17 to 16, and then it was all she wrote. It was like in the fourth quarter, especially. The 49ers, they just bombed on them 18 points in the fourth quarter to six. Seattle only scored six points in the second half. That's really when it was over with. And one turnover from Geno. And look, Geno, he's like Kirk Cousins. It's just like, you want to be, you want to be freaking the Minnesota Vikings? You want to be like Minnesota? You want to be freaking. Average to slightly above average. Be average to slightly above average. Nobody will care about you, Seattle. And you'll go back to being Seattle once again. I won't care. Nobody will care. I don't care. But don't tempt me with a good time when you're the fifth overall pick and you could potentially get Bryce Young. And now we're here. We're just like, are you going to have some cojones? Are you going to be a little bit aggressive? Or are you going to be what you were before Russell Wilson? And that's losers. And that's where I'll end the podcast today. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about the um, uh, the re- uh, the playoff games that are going to happen this weekend. Again, I'm off Friday. I'm off Saturday. I'm off Sunday. I will be back Monday. But tomorrow's podcast will be the last podcast of the weekend and of the week. I got to go to my grandfather's funeral on Friday. Anyways, I'm peacing out. 24's podcast.